Chipped ham and football. That's what Pittsburgh does. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Batco, Steelers beat writer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks for joining us again on the show where we talk to former players, national voices, NFL experts. And today we have Aaron Schatz of FTN Network. You may know his work from when he ran Football Outsiders for a long time. He now contributes to ESPN. He created the DVOA formula and has been a, a huge figure in analytics, quantifying what we see and read about in the NFL. How's it going, Aaron? Hey, I'm good. I've had a good season. Like my new home, interesting things have happened. There's good stuff to write about, so I'm pretty happy. Awesome. Great. I'm looking forward to hearing your perspective on the Steelers, Kenny Pickett, whatever else we have time to get into on this episode. As always, presented by Pella. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella. They can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella windows and doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Thank you, Pella. All right, Aaron, I assume uh, a lot of our viewers or listeners right now are thinking, okay, Brian's having on an analytics person. This guy's probably going to crap all over the Steelers and tell us yet again how Every stat, every number, every metric suggests they're six and three, but they should actually be 0 and 10 somehow. And yet you're not going to say that based on your data, are you? No, I'm not. You know, the stat has gone around a lot that the Steelers have been outgained in all nine games this year, despite right. the fact that they're six and three. So when you hear that stat, you might think, oh, all the advanced analytics are not going to like them. But Advanced analytics tend to be based on efficiency, not totals, right? So, you know, one of the things is the Steelers have kind of run fewer plays, which is why they've had fewer yards. And they actually have been more efficient than you think. Pittsburgh moved up to number 12 in DVOA this week, which I think would surprise a lot of people, in particular Steelers fans who keep hearing that stat about being outgained that this here's an advanced analytics formula that says that not only are the Steelers uh, an average team, but they're a better than average team. They're a team that deserves to be six and three. They're not even the lowest six and three team. The Seattle Seahawks are the lowest six and three team. That's interesting. And, and I'm glad you mentioned efficiency. And I guess for people who maybe aren't familiar with it who, or, or hearing about your work for the first time, DVOA, can you give kind of the quick spark notes? It's, it's basically what you said, right? It measures efficiency granted in a sophisticated way for NFL people. Right. right. It looks at uh, your gain based on the down and distance, assigns a success value to it, compares that to a league average baseline that is adjusted for situation and opponent, and it's tweaked in particular to be predictive. Right. And now people are, yes, one stat that goes around a lot is the one of them being outgained in their first nine, which has never happened as as far as we know, going back to 1933 when the NFL started tracking it. I don't know about those 1926 teams. Maybe some wonky stuff was going on. But another stat that often gets cited around here in Pittsburgh, Aaron, is they've never had a 400-yard offensive game under Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. And they're the only team in that time that can say that. But I think your point and sort of how the Steelers themselves would probably address that is like, we don't necessarily care about the traditional counting stats or the overall numbers because we are kind of mucking up the game a little bit and we're more concerned about average points scored versus points against. And that probably puts into perspective why they can still win this many games and still be this successful despite not ha having what's a fairly commonplace prolific day at the office offensively. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, they don't have a lot of terrible days either. They have yeah. a lot of very average days on offense. Their offense is very average, and it has a lot of very average days. So, yeah, if you slow things down, but you force your opponents to slow things down, then both teams are gaining fewer yards and scoring fewer points. And I do think that's a little bit of the mentality of the Steelers. I mean, obviously, they're, uh, they run a lot compared to other teams. And the defense has been really good this year, better than I projected. We have their offense 16th, like I said, average. <laughs> we have their defense 7th, <clears throat> right? So they're yeah. doing it with running and defense and enough passing to get by. You know, is you know, Kenny Pickett's not going to go out there and be Josh Allen. He's not going to go out there and be Joe Burrow. But he's not terrible. He's also not going out and being Tommy DeVito. Yeah, another Jersey guy who is uh, making some starts here in the NFL. But yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. So maybe the Steelers are not the uh, the worst six and three team since the 1930 Kansas City Cowboys. And uh, well, I looked it up, actually. Even that team won a game by double digits. So maybe that's not fair. But, um, you know, how how do they keep this going, I guess, is is sort of my question. And how do you sort of explain the, you know, beyond the, the running game efficiency has been really good, especially these last couple of weeks. Like you said, the defense, I think the numbers kind of show they're a classic. They bend, but they don't break. They're giving up a ton of those total yards per game, but scoring defense is, is really high. Is it, is there a Mike Tomlin factor here? Or are you one of the people who believes in him as a, you know, buzzworthy candidate for coach of the year? Like, what do you, what do you make of, of all of this, Aaron? I do think there's a Tomlin aspect look the guy the fact is the guy has a great coaching record just because you can't measure the things that tomlin does well doesn't mean that those things don't exist it just means that people like me can't measure them and he is right, right as just a frustrating room, right yeah. right as a locker room you know he frustrates people like me because like for example he sucks on fourth downs but as a <laughs> locker room manager and a manager of personalities and a man who brings inspiration and motivation to his players, he's great. I mean, I don't think he's a coach of the year candidate just because there are better coach of the year candidates, D'Amico Ryans and Dan Campbell, and maybe like yeah. Kyle Shanahan. Kevin O'Connell, um, if the Vikings keep this up with uh, a quarterback. Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's a Tomlin aspect to what's going on. Listen, so the bad news that I would give is okay, that unless the offense jumps, right? Unless the offense can figure out how to be like a top seven or top eight offense rather than an average offense, you're likely going to either just miss the playoffs or you're going to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Right. Yeah, so that's, if, what that's where they've been. For, if what you're trying to root for is a Super Bowl contender, the Steelers do not seem like a top Super Bowl contender. I mean, weird things happen. Teams get in and then suddenly go on runs like the Giants of 2007, but uh, they don't look like a Super Bowl contender. But they also are just not a bad team. They're just not bad. They're a good team, right? That's, you know, dangerous to opponents. They're dangerous to the opponents in their own division, starting with, right? It's the best division in football, and they pose a danger to the Ravens and a danger to the Browns and a danger to the Bengals, all of whom consider themselves Super Bowl contenders, even though the Bengals currently have a worse record than the Steelers. So, I mean, it's probably a good, you know, take it from a Patriots fan who's not enjoying this year. It's nice <laughs> to be six and three. <laughs> yeah, the Steelers have not bottomed out like that in, in 
quite some time, Forever. certainly not since yeah, not since Tomlin's been there, that's for sure. Um, I'm glad you bring up the AFC North. I, I want to get into that uh, because the Steelers have two of those games coming up right here, the Ohio swing of Cleveland and, and Cincy. Uh, before we move on to some big picture things, maybe some more granular topics as well, uh, a quick word from Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you've been diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White for over 40 years. Their firms represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. And also, let's hear really quick from Propel Schools. Their 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level for your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more. Apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. So, yes, uh, Aaron, the AFC North from 30,000 feet. I'll just uh, I'll let you choose your own adventure here. Are the Ravens really, really good? Um, Is this Browns defense the best in the league by far? Mike Tomlin was just extolling their virtues a little bit ago before you hopped on with me here at his weekly press conference. And are the Bengals going to turn it on at at some point? Uh, What? What, what have you to, to say about, I agree with you, the best division in the NFL? The Bengals turning it on. The difficulty for the Bengals turning it on is the Bengals have the hardest remaining schedule in the league by our numbers, right? That's so what happens like, when you win. <laughs> they're better than their record, but but it's also just the way the schedule like worked out as far as what yeah. games they played in the first half of the season versus the okay. second half of the season. I mean... One of the reasons they can be five and four despite Burrow not playing at 100% is they had it easier early in the season. Um, our numbers love the Ravens. Okay. Like one of the best teams ever type love, like ridiculous wow. amounts of love. Uh, what the Ravens have done this year, there was a stat that someone from ESPN Research sent out. The five, they the Ravens are one of the teams in the last 40 years that has been behind the least amount of time in the first 10 games. The other teams on that list were all 10 and 0. The Ravens are 7 and 3. And I did some research. The fact that the Ravens offense collapses in the fourth quarter has no predictive ability on the future at all. It says nothing about whether the Ravens are going to continue to collapse in the fourth quarter. So I happen to think that the Ravens are very good, very well-rounded, very dangerous team. Cleveland is really one-dimensional. I mean, yeah, Deshaun played a little bit better in the second half of this game, and he played okay in a game a couple weeks ago. And, you know, yeah, of course, they're probably better with him at quarterback than P.J. Walker, but my God, their offense has been terrible this year. But their defense has been absolutely fantastic, best in the league, fantastic pass rush. They get to you with just the four guys, good secondary play, good linebackers stop the run, like everything you want a defense to do. So they're very one-dimensional, but that one dimension is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll, I was most intrigued there by what you said about the Ravens because one of those fourth-quarter collapses came right here in Pittsburgh at Acrisure yep. Stadium when Lamar just That was just the game kinda, where no one could catch the ball. He, he, it, well, that and Lamar just lost his mind and threw up a jump ball in the end zone that, you know, six foot two Joey Porter Jr. easily went up over Odell Beckham at this point in his career and snatched it away and you know the rest was history it was fourth quarter Kenny Pickett turning into uh you know whatever what captain comeback that he becomes at the end of games and and that I think is interesting too I mean the Steelers I've seen metrics I want to say it's from the NFL's own in-house data guy has that had them as the second luckiest team in the league uh, a couple weeks ago and that takes into account drop 
picks, dropped uh, passes, I think fumble luck, and yep. missed kicks against. So it is like, how do you reconcile a potential regression coming from them when all six of their wins have been one possession versus, you know, kind of what you were mentioning at the beginning there, like they're not as bad as you would think despite all those factors adding up. Yeah, maybe if their luck if they played the way that they've played by my numbers, but their luck had evened out, they'd be five and four mm -hmm. instead of six and three. Again, that's still a winning record, yeah. right? Like the luck usually doesn't mean more than a game either way, unless you're like last year's Vikings <clears throat> or you're this year's Vikings in the other direction. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I don't know exactly that luck number, but it makes some sense knowing what I know about the Steelers. But again, I mean, even if you take out and you filter out all that luck, their underlying stats are still the strong is not the right word. Good above average. Yeah. Is the yeah. right words. And special teams helps too, which doesn't really get a ton of, you know, it doesn't get as much love as offense or defense, but Chris Boswell's been one of the league's best kickers. His only miss was a, I think a 61 yarder that he'd made the 56 yarder until a penalty came in. So that helps you win close games. We too, have right? them pretty average on special teams. It's okay. The, the rest of the special teams is either average or a little bit below average. It's just yeah. Boswell, Boswell on field goals. is the only really, yeah, they did have a punt. They had a punt block against, I think that was in that Ravens uh, game too. Right. But obviously those are punt blocks uh, are interesting. Punt blocks are not included in my special teams ratings because they're not predictive. They're they fluky. are great plays, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like I, they're not lucky plays per se, right? Like they okay. take a lot of practice and it's great when you make them happen, but they're so rare that they don't do anything to predict what you're going to do in the future. Fair enough. Um, let's talk about Kenny Pickett for a second, because Aaron, no, uh, no Steelers discussion can be had these days without becoming a referendum of some sort on the quarterback. I mean, his progression, lack thereof, um, whether it's the eye test, the advanced stats, DVOA, anything. I mean, what are your overall thoughts or impressions of uh, of the potential franchise quarterback here? For, you know, but also he's a guy who a lot average. of the fan base is not real happy with. He's very average. He's. Um, I think the peak uh, possibility is to be Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah, that gets thrown out there a lot for sure. Uh, a, a lot as a, he, he's been good at uh, preventing uh, uh, turnovers. Um, he's not bad. He's just kind of average. And, you know, in the modern world, it feels like every player and especially every quarterback has to be determined that they either suck or they're elite. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. There are a lot of levels between suck and elite and Pickett is at those levels. He's very average. Could he get a little bit better? Sure. Do I see him getting a lot better? No, I don't think it's likely that he'll eventually be cousins at his best but it's likely that he'll be cousins at his average, which is, you know, a little bit better than this, but, you know, not a guy you can win with if the rest of the team is, is, is built really well, but not a guy that you win because of. And the problem in the NFL is that if you give a win with guy, a win because of contract, you are screwed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, we're, great we're seeing that around the league for sure. it's great to have a win with guy on a rookie contract. But if you give the win with guy the big second contract, then you can't build the team around him that you have to build in order to win with him. Yeah, that is that is well said. And even the, uh, you know, the elites of the league that we've all kind of consensus agreed are in that territory. Like, you know, people around here always say, ah, Kenny's never going to be Mahomes or 
uh, or Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen. And it's like, and then I'm watching the Bills Broncos game last night, which is the talk of the town right now in the NFL. And Josh Allen can't, uh, Allen had a bad game last night, but Allen's been very good this season. Allen is not the problem with the Buffalo Bills this season. It's just funny the polar opposites of Pickett almost never turns the ball over, but ra- rarely moves it otherwise. Whereas Allen can run, he's throwing right. lasers, and yet he's he's frustrating in a way that he tries you know, he to get the ball into mistakes. places yeah. that he can't get the ball into. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he gets <laughs> right. the ball into those places. He had one a couple of weeks ago to like a third string tight end. It was ridiculous how <laughs> yeah, it Yeah, yeah, I remember that was in it was in the end right? zone, right? A touchdown yeah, pass. Yeah. But you're like, if that pass is six inches to the left, we're all like, you know, Josh, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing, man? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, they're another team that's lurking like the Bengals outside of the AFC playoff picture. For now, they're trying to do the old Ravens. Uh, who was the offensive coordinator? Oh, they uh, they they canned the guy and promoted Jim Caldwell, and then went on that run. So I guess the Bills, yeah, I guess they, they have some know, hope for again, that. Again, I don't think Dorsey is the problem. The Bills have been the worst. Okay, their defense played better last night, but they've been the worst defense in the league since Week Five, and their offense has still been good, although it hasn't been as good as it was earlier in the season. The problem is their offense is constantly facing long fields. And also, I don't blame Dorsey for fumbles, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it seems like a real scapegoat situation in Buffalo. And yet, uh, here in Pittsburgh, everybody wants the offensive coordinator fired midseason, and uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to get their wish here with, with Matt Canada. So Steelers fans were paying well, close you know, attention to Buffalo and what they did. Canada came in, and we were like, oh, he's going to revolutionize things, and finally Pittsburgh's going to use some play action, and they still don't use play action very much. One thing that all the analytics people are like, play action is good. Play action is 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 valuable. And yet Pittsburgh, for years and years, no matter who the quarterback or OC was, doesn't use play action very much. Yeah, I think it was certainly by the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, he preferred to just be back there in shotgun uh Surveying the field and right, and you you it think it's way. Roethlisberger, yeah. but then the year that was Duck, uh, what's his Duck name? And Mace, Duck, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. They also didn't use play action. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if they just didn't want a full scale change to the playbook in week three. But yeah, I mean, it hasn't been, uh, and it should be there for them now, right? I mean, running the running game in theory, the running game's working. They racked up two hundred plus. Yeah, yards and and besides that week. theory, one thing analytics has shown is I know you don't need a good running game, right? Here. You don't <laughs> yeah. need a good running game to make play action work because the fact is the run was established when you were in Pop Warner, <laughs> right? You don't need to have the other team have good run numbers to know that when they make that handoff motion and you're a linebacker, you jump forward. You just do because yeah, you have sense. your whole life. Yeah, you're yeah, you're not just gonna not fill that gap because uh the other team only ran for 45 yards last week. Right. I see what you're saying there <laughs> for sure. Um well hey Aaron, this has been really enlightening. Is there anything else you wanted to add about the pillars uh NFL takes at at large or uh anything you want to promote here before I uh before I let you go? I won't keep you through. I mean, the first thing I'll just say is look, it's hard to be in the AFC, right? I mentioned Seattle yeah, earlier. It sucks. Seattle team is with a young quarterback. Below, trying to Seattle is slightly <laughs> below Pittsburgh in our numbers, right? <clears throat> Seattle's chances of making the playoffs are a lot stronger than Pittsburgh because they just don't have as much competition. Um, yeah. It's just hard to be in the AFC. But, um, 
You know, it's not a bad team, no matter what you hear about being outgained or whatever. It's good. It's a it's a good team. It's just not a great team. It's a good team. And eventually you're going to have to figure out the same thing Minnesota people have had to figure out, which is what are you going to do with this kind of slightly above average quarterback that you have? Yeah. You know, that's going to be tough. As far as um, promoting, I'll just let people know I'm at FTN Network now. The website is ftnfantasy.com slash dvoa and if you get a stats plus or fantasy plus subscription to ftn you'll get all of my stats all my splits download of stats going all the way back to 1981 all kinds of advanced stuff picks against the spread every week etc etc plus uh, all kinds of advanced fantasy stuff with the fantasy plus subscription all kinds of charting and cornerback matchups and sp- uh, fantasy splits and predictions and projections and all kinds of good stuff Excellent. Uh, well, hey, Aaron, thanks for doing this, man. You're the first uh, analytics-driven guest we've had, and I'm, I'm sort of fascinated by that aspect of uh, of the sport. I actually wrote about the Steelers and their sort of uh, hesitancy to to rely on it a lot a couple years ago. I did a piece on that. So, uh, so much appreciated to have you on uh, to get into that space a little bit. Uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening. Uh, for Aaron Schatz, I'm Brian Batko. Hope you enjoyed this week's helping of Chip Tam and football. From the Post-Gazette, we will catch you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post-Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.